Hey guys, hope all is well. Today we will be doing podcast number four with Marty and Sultan from SLCA Academy and special co-host Ethan Rosen. So to start this off, Sultan, congrats on being named under the radar player of the year. Talk to us more about what what this means, what this means to you. Well, first of all, let's say thank you. I'm really honored to be named on the Red Up there the year. It's a it's a really big opportunity for me and the program. I feel like they've done a really good job with me, developing my skills all around my personality, treating me out to be a better man, a better player, a better person. I really like this academy. But like, yeah, I'm really honored to be named on the Red Up there the year. Thank you. That's awesome. Like when I saw you got named, I was like, I got to put this in the podcast. We got to talk about this. So congrats. And I'm really looking forward to what you have coming next in basketball. Ethan, why don't you start us off with some background about the, about Marty and Sultan. Yeah, guys um, would love to, you know, it's great to meet you guys. Uh, Lee's said some really great things. So if you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourself a little bit, speaking about, you know, your, your experience with basketball and where you're playing now and kind of any goals you have for the coming couple of years or the season. Well, first of all, like I said, my goals are that, obviously, to play Division One basketball at the next level. I feel like that's a really good opportunity for me. And that... Yeah, like I was saying, I like to play Division One basketball at the next level. I feel like it would be a really, really good opportunity for me to get to a pro level after that. But I was just saying that I have really big goals for me. I've been through so many lessons. Coach Rubes, obviously, shout out to him for um, saying life lessons to us in the SLCA about how everything's going. So I was just saying that it would be good for me to play Division One at the next level. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for touching on that. And so, you know, just speaking to, you know, you touched upon your goals a little bit, and obviously the bigger goals playing division one. Um, could you talk about like what steps have you guys taken to get to where you are and uh, what do you guys have? Uh, what have you taken away from this? Or what have been the big learning lessons in your basketball career so far? Well, basically America has really taught me a lot when I moved to America in the fall that I feel like I've just, we've done a lot of lessons about basketball. Obviously, shout out to Grand Session University. They've been teaching our skill lessons, like how to be patient, how to go around your life, up, apart from basketball, faith, everything. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot more than the game, I feel like. And a lot of stuff comes with it. Like, I really appreciate the people around me. And I feel like there's a good staff around me to help me build on things like that. Yeah, and like, Marty, why don't you give us also some background about you and just like what steps have you taken to get to where you are today and like what have you learned and taken away from those experiences? Um, so just a little background about me. So I was originally born in Lithuania, um, but I've lived in, I lived in Cincinnati my whole life pretty much. I was a student manager at Cincinnati uh, under Mick Cronin and that staff. Um, and that was probably uh, the best learning experience that I've been a part of, honestly, up to this point. And for that point in my life, like, um, I wasn't really a good player. So I think, you know, for me, realizing that I'm not, you know, going places as a player and making that transition to coaching uh, as early as I did, I think that was helpful. Um, but, yeah, being a manager at Cincinnati was a 
tremendous learning experience, you know, seeing how a high level program is run, seeing player development, you know, um, seeing coaching from a guy like Mick Cronin in my eyes, you know, one of the best um, in the country. Um, from there, I was, uh, I spent a year at Impact Academy in Sarasota, Florida. Um, again, there really, I was, I was doing a lot of everything. It was my final year in college. So I was kind of, I got to spend time uh, on the floor doing uh, player development, on-court stuff. You know, I was coaching with, we had a couple teams there, um, doing some training and some camps on the side down there. Um, again, just an opportunity to be around players, to be around people that uh, know the game. Um, and then in 2017, uh, in 2018, I'm sorry, I started at St. Louis Christian. So this is my uh, third year at St. Louis Christian. Um, I've been in St. Louis for three years. Um, and the biggest thing that being at St. Louis Christian has taught me probably is, you know, um, I grew up in a, I, our school is located in the city. So, um, and we have a lot of St. Louis kids on, on our team. We've got a few internationals. Um, but I think the biggest thing from St. Louis is like, you know, number one, like as a city, St. Louis is tough, gritty. Um, I, and I think like our team is kind of that way. I think I've become more that way, you know, as, as I've been in St. Louis. Um, I, I definitely, I get to coach a ton of, of talented uh, players, unbelievable kids, you know, like Sultan. Um, so for me, like, it, as long as I'm around basketball and, and kids, like, I'm cool, you know what I mean? Um, it doesn't matter where, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how talented, like, as long as the kid's willing to work, you know, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, like, let's just talk about Impact Academy more. Like, when we were down there in 2017, like, talk talk to us about, like, what that experience is like for you, like, working with kids, working with myself, too, and, like, with Matt and, like, Roy and, like, Andre, just talk about all of that. Like, it, yeah, if you can expand on that, would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So when, when I got to Impact I was uh, about to enter my senior year of college. So it was pretty early. Like I didn't really start to get into coaching and, and being a manager until my junior year. So it was kind of early for me. So, but, but I got to do a lot. And I think that's the best thing, you know, like everybody's looking for, you know, and information, you know, and I think it's, it's good, you know, but at the, at, at the end of the day, you know, like you have to put that stuff to use. So, you know, I got a chance to, you know, do skill work. I got a chance to work out players. I got a chance to coach teams. Um, I was around people that were really smart. Um, Matt Hiller, you know, I, I, I took a ton away from Matt Hiller on the, on the skill development side, on the performance side. Um, there was a ton of, of players that I was around it from varying skill levels. So I think that's something that, you know, uh, really helped me as a coach, you know, when, Early in the day, you might be working with kids who, you know, can't dribble with their weak hand, you know, and then, you know, later in the day, you may be working with, you know, a guy who's playing a, at a Division One program somewhere or, the guy, or a guy who's, you know, looking to go play in Europe or maybe a G League guy. So I think just being on the floor, um, being able to do a lot of different basketball things, um, I think that was, the, that was a huge part of, of my time at Impact. Yeah, like, I remember those scrimmages, too, like, being able to, like, coach the kids and, like, especially the older kids, like, reading the young guys. And, like, it was, like, 
different than like bring and then like some guys who are like co- who are at the college level or professional like some some of those people too like i just learned a lot about player development then more than like being a manager like at that time i was managing in high school so like i really wasn't experiencing the player development side but like when i got to, when i was an imp when i was at sarasota for that week like i was able to learn a lot like from you from matt from andre from Laura, like everyone there even the kids and okay. yeah So Ethan, you want to you want to ask about the talk about the next question that we have on our plan for today's podcast? Well, it's, yeah, for surely. So you know, you guys talked a little about your background and getting a wide range of experience and exposure to some sure some great competition. So can you guys touch on like who's the best player you guys have gone up against uh, in your career so far, and what do you what have you learned from playing against that player? Whether it's like a different approach to basketball, or you know, if you're coaching against a good player, how do you adjust your your perspective and what you do when you're facing a guy like this um i'll say i play many great players but i'll say the main player that kind of stand out was that um i'll say big mo mohammed embai like, he plays for colorado prep i was just saying that he's a big physical player but plays kind of like me but i was just saying that he's a senior he's got a lot of division one offers multiple and i was just like matching up against him would like mean a lot to me if I have a really really good game against him then some of his scouts would start looking at me like oh who's this guy who just played him and just start asking questions about me I was just saying always stepping big time amongst players like that and that higher ranks are just like it's good for your exposure because if you play well that means something to you so yeah that's why I try to play as best as I could and had a good game that game and we ended up winning by 20 so that was good Marty, you can go now with your response to that question too. Like, what co- what player, ha- like, what's the best play? Who's the best player who you've gone up against as a coach? Wow, that's a tough one. So uh, let me uh, think back a little bit. Um, I mean, man, yeah, it's it's honestly so tough. Like, uh, I'll, this probably won't help. I'll give you a couple guys from our league this year. Um, I mean, just starting off. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, uh, we didn't play him this year, but he's in our league and he just won the MVP of the league. So he plays for Arizona Compass. Uh, he's a super tough guard. Um, we, Like I said, we didn't get a chance to play him, but I've watched him um, from afar all year. And I've just got a ton of respect for, for Ty Ty and the Arizona Compass program. And then another guy that we actually did go up against uh, this year um, that uh, – recently that I liked was uh, RJ Melendez and he's a kid that maybe not a lot of people know about right now. Um, He's a kid that's uh, he's from Puerto Rico. He plays for a school from Florida called Central Point. Um, We actually, they bounced us out of the uh, uh, tournament the other uh, day. Um, But that's a kid who's, you know, he's got size. um, He's got poise. He's going to Illinois next year. Um, And that's a kid who I think has got a bright future. So, uh, kind of maybe more of an under the radar guy, but it's a kid who's got game. Also, me and you were talking about Paolo Banchero before we start the podcast. You want to talk about him and his effect on on your league? Yeah. So Paolo is a guy who um, came into the league this year. It's his first year into the league. Um, 
he plays for a team out of Seattle called BFL Prep. And uh, uh, I've actually got my buddy Barry Jones actually coaches that team. And, and again, that's a team loaded full of talent. Paolo, obviously, you know, a lot of people know who Paolo is. Uh, with his size, with the way he moves, with like, again, Paolo comes from a, a great family as well. And I think that like I, I mentioned that because I think that has a great um, impact, you know, uh, on kids and, and development of players. Um, but Paolo is just, I mean, physically dominant. Um, he can literally do everything on the ball and it really just raises the level of the league. You know, one thing about our league, um, I think it definitely, it gets guys better. Um, it, de it definitely provides the exposure. You know, if, if a guy like Paolo's playing, everybody wants to come, you know, no matter who they're playing, um, no matter where it is. So I think he just brings exposure, he, but the biggest thing is to me, he brings out the best in people, you know, like every night, whoever's going up, whoever they're going up against that BFL team with Paolo, like they're going to get that team's best shot. Um, and, and it's going to make those players better. It's going to make the coaches better on that opposing team. So to me, it's just like, whatever you're trying to do, if, if you can go up against the best, maybe learn from the best, you know, you're putting yourself in a good position. So the grind session is definitely, you know, in a, in a solid place right now. Yeah, like also we were talking before the podcast about prolific prep and Frank Anselm, who currently goes to Syracuse. So like you want to talk about the impact. Like I'm, I think you guys have played prolific prep this season, also the past season. So just talk about what's like playing against him and playing like a guy, like playing against a guy like Frank Anselm if you guys played against him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually did. We played prolific prep early last year. It was our first game of the season. Um it was a tough one. You know, our guys really battled. I think I don't think many people expected us to compete in that game, but we did. And again, like that's an experience like not, how many kids on a nightly basis get to go up against like number one, just let's talk about the size and athleticism. You know what I mean? Like last year's prolific prep team. Let's let's go down the line. You know, you got it. Namari Burnett, Jalen Green, Frank Anselm. You know what I mean? Just to name a few guys. So just going up against that size and athleticism, you know, you have to bring your best if you want a chance. Um, but then, you know, for us, like as a program, as a team, you get that recognition. That's huge. You know, we have opportunities to play teams like that. Um, so your, your name is there. Um, but it's really for me, it's like you're putting yourself up against the best. So you really get a chance to see where you stand. You know, so for us, you know, playing them early in the year last year, we, it definitely gave us some confidence because I think like we, we showed ourselves like we can play. We definitely belong. You know, we've been known that we belong uh, and belong near the top. You know, if, if, it may, if I may even add that. Um, so it's just it's really just a blessing. And we're grateful for the opportunity to go up against, you know, some of the best players um, at the high school level, some of the best coaches, programs. Yeah, like. Let's transition to the next part of the podcast. Like, what is your coaching philosophy? Man, I mean, that's super tough. Like, I me, mean, honestly, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, part part of it is like, I think you know, as a young coach, I'm I'm still developing that. Um, but I mean, just a, a couple of like maybe core principles or values, if you want to look at it that way. Um, I think like number one, like I coach because like. Deep down, I feel like the passion is like I'm trying to help people. You know what I mean? So obviously as a player, maybe more so like as a young man uh, or a young woman, I'm trying to help you. Um, I'm trying to instill things. But 
uh, going into that, I think like passion, you know, or joy, maybe however you want to put it. Like, I think that's important. And I think for me, it's like, I, I genuinely love what I do. So I think like, and I try to instill that into our guys too. Like you might not love every little piece of it. Like you might not love waking up early. You know what I mean? You're not, you might not love staring at a computer, breaking down film as a player. You might not enjoy like, you know, some of the physical, you know, things you got to put yourself through. Um, but if you find joy in some of those things, like you find joy in some of the tough workouts, you know what I mean? You find joy in going up against the best, you know, players. Um, I think it's going to get you through a lot of the maybe lows that you may face. So I think like joy is one thing that stands out. Um, and then I think like, uh, you know, discipline or work uh, is, is something that's super important to me, you know, like, and it's the consistency piece. Like, I think the discipline, the work, the consistency, that's super important. Like whatever it is you're doing, like, I think you've got to be consistent. You know what I mean? Like anybody can wake up one day, you know, and go in the gym at five in the morning. But if you wake up at seven and you go every single day, you know, every week, that's going to add up and that consistency piece. So I think that's a, that's a super important piece. And, and the work piece, like there's not a lot of secrets, you know, and everybody's looking for some of them, but really it's just put your, put your nose down, you know, and, and work. And, and then some of the things that you're chasing for may come. Um, and then, um, so I, th those two values and then um, to round it out, I would just say like, some sort something to do with faith you know like something a little bit something bigger than you like something that keeps you going like kind of like that why that i mentioned earlier i think that's important like uh to me as a coach i try to you know uh tailor that you know or give that to my players um give that to the guys that, that i'm fortunate to be around um something that kind of drives you um that'll kind of take you through maybe some of the lows but again uh, I don't know if that answers your question, maybe partly, but again, like, I just feel like we can take that question down uh, a lot of different paths. Yeah, for sure. Like there's so many angles where you can go about your coaching philosophy. Like, like those, like for me, like it's accounted accountability and leadership for me, but like, like I just love hearing like different people's coaching philosophies. Like while I've been doing this podcast for the past like few weeks, just learning about each, people's philosophies like their backgrounds like i love hearing that like let's take it a second take another step with this like what are your standards for building a championship caliber team or program wow um i mean it i think to me it starts with like the type of people you have uh you know so the the whole organization matters like just take for us at St. Louis Christian you know our head coach uh, Casey Audenreath um is he's a heck of a coach but he's a better person yeah. so that's something that you know I got a lot of respect for that's one of the main reasons why you know I jumped on this opportunity uh when I did almost two and a half years ago is we we're really particular about the type of people um in our you know organization and in our family uh, that's what we call it so with the players, it's the same way. Like the character matters a lot, you know, like you want to have guys that you can lose with, you know, like obviously winning is at the front of our minds and growth and development, but find some guys that you can go through the lows with, you know what I mean? Um, guys are going to stay together. Um, and then from there, like, it's like, whatever, like, 
for us, it's a lot of little things and details. You know what I mean? With It starts with, you know, the type of kids we have to being on time to having practice jerseys on every single day, um, jerseys tucked in. You know what I mean? Like we're on our routine every single day. So um, the I don't really know how I would word that, but just the I guess maybe discipline, um, consistency, um, some of the earlier things that I mentioned. And then. Honestly, the consistency and the, and the willingness to continue to, to, to keep pushing because, um, you know, it's it's the, the seasons are long. You know, this year, obviously, it's been different with COVID, but I know every year there's going to be some sort of adversity. There's going to be some sort of obstacles, things that happen that, you know, don't go your way and just pushing through that. So, I mean, those are just um, some standards um, that come to mind. I feel like, and, and again, too, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm learning and figuring out the things that are important to me as it goes, so. Awesome. Thank, thanks for touching on that, guys. <clears throat> so, you know, back to that, to Lee's earlier question, it seems like a lot of what you guys take as coaches and or as formerly players and now coaches, uh, you know, you build a lot of this off what your earlier coaches had so essentially your coaching philosophy is like a mix of all the coaches you've played under before so you know segueing into our next point speaking from a player's perspective looking at your coach uh in what ways do you guys contribute to his philosophy and his standards for building a championship caliber team or program and are there any similarities between like you know the coach you play under now and the coach you'd want to be in the future or anything like that what would you say again sorry yeah, I was just saying, is there, you know, can you guys touch a little bit upon like your coach's philosophy? I um, mean, what are his standards for building a championship caliber team or program? Uh, basically, I would like to say, first of all, we have um, Coach Jordan Kendall, we have Coach Rubes, and we have Coach Casey Ornery. I um, would like to say, it's like they always have high standards for us. I would like to say, from practices, we got to be there like an hour before practice, practice jerseys on. We go have our stuff rolling. We go get our foam rollers, ankle tapes, everything we need. But I'll just say that it starts from there. That the opportunity just to be in the gym. So some people are not even playing basketball during this COVID pandemic. But like I say that like, I'm really honored to play basketball, and these coaches have just been given like a great way and path for us to get to get ourselves off the street as well. So I just like to say that um, they're really organized. They have high standards. Um, what I like to say is that, um, oops. he's, um, he always likes to make us be on track. Like, it's always, there's always more than to basketball. It's not always basketball that comes first. And, um, what I like to say is that, um, he always, okay, every time we mess up, He'll always let us know what, what we've done wrong on the court. Like if we mess up a play, he'll just let us know what we do and then always to keep our head up, just especially after we lost. I was just like a coach, man. He, he's just like, keep your head up because obviously I'm still a sophomore in high school, so I've, I've still got two more years to produce. So he was just like, keep my head up, keep my head up. we still got another chance to win it. So I was just like, he's a really good coach for doing that. Other coaches could just say, <clears throat> oh, man, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Bring me down. So he knows how to keep his players and keep us on track. And I feel like we have a great coaching staff for doing it. I'm happy for this opportunity. 
yeah, like you were touching on the COVID-19 pandemic. So like it just let's just transition to the next part, which is our final part of the podcast. And I'll add one more additional thing after the question. But for both of you guys, like what have you guys learned about the game of basketball during the COVID-19 pandemic? That question is to both of you guys, but also for you, Marty, specifically, like what have you learned about the coaching business? So if you guys can talk about that in depth, it would be greatly appreciated. I'd like to say, first of all, that even playing basketball during this pandemic is really lucky because so many families, so many people have died during this pandemic. So many families have been hospitalized, seasons being canceled in other parts of America. Like even in England, like they're still not playing basketball. So I was really, like, I'm very fortunate to even be playing the league. And like people like, it's so weird how people are complaining about playing high school basketball in a mask. Like, they should be lucky they're even fortunate to be on the court. So I was just like, it's ridiculous to me. But I'm just happy, no matter where I am, I'm just playing basketball. And I love this game, I'll do anything for it. But that's pretty much all I have to say about it. And Marty, you can go now talking about, like, what have you learned as a coach about the game of basketball and also, like, just the coaching business in general? Like, what have you learned about that, Marty? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, first of all, it's kind of like Sultan. Uh, I think the the pandemic and really like being on lockdown made me uh, appreciate the game more and like the opportunities to be in the gym and be around it, um, whether that's as a coach or a spectator. Um, but then, too, like it, a big takeaway for me was, I don't know, maybe resiliency, you know, because um, perseverance. I, because again, like a ton of people, a ton of programs, like it's easy to have excuses now with, with everything going on, like seniors that are looking for college opportunities that didn't get the exposure that they otherwise might've had. Um, I think it's a great lesson in, you know, resilience and perseverance because, um, you know, I think like I, it was tough as a coach, sure, but man, I can't imagine, you know, being, you know, 17, 18, um, having uh, maybe looking for a scholarship, something like that, and um, not having those opportunities. Um, and I think like we just kept moving, you know, as a, as a basketball community. Um, I think that was one thing that really stood out a lot to me. You know, I think kids were making the most of whatever opportunities they had. Like I, I was fortunate that I was a part of a few um, camps. Um, uh, again, like we're fortunate that the grind session uh, had the season that we did. Um, so really, like, again, it was just a, for me, it was just a new a newfound appreciation maybe for for this game and, you know, everything that is provided. And and also like through this year, like even with COVID, we, we had a we had opportunities to travel. We spent a lot of time in Phoenix. We're obviously here now, like. I got a chance to connect with so many great basketball minds, whether that's coaches, players, um, through, through travel. So I think that's one huge, huge takeaway. Like, I think while the world was on pause, especially like it was a wonderful time because, you know, we had all these um, podcasts, webinars, you know, the, the things that you guys are doing to, to grow the game. Like, I think, you know, times got tough and, and people came together, but the basketball community, I think, came together. You know, so to me, like, I guess that's the, the, the big, big takeaway, you know, like, like we're all trying to do like 
we all have our individual, you know, wants and, and dreams and desires with basketball or maybe without. But at the end of the day, like all we're trying to do is grow the game, you know, grow the players, grow the coaches, grow the culture around the game, push it in, in a better direction, you know, than we found it. And I think the pandemic really showed me that, like, like we can we can compete in all that stuff and maybe butt heads at times. But, you know, we're all trying to grow the game. So that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah, like growing the game, like I got to give a shout out to grow the game. Like, and like, thank you to Jake Sirota from Clemson and Ashton Pierce from Kansas, both of them student managers for starting grow the game and like allowing me to be in the group chat with like about 180, 200 other managers around the country, just like being on Zooms like throughout the summer, every single, like about every single week, like I was on Zooms of like Jay Billis and like, a lot of great people in the, in like the coaching industry. And then I was like on, and, I, and then I was on rising coaches zooms. Like I got to give a shout out to Caleb Cooper, who was a guest on podcast number three. And he brought on guys like from like Houston, from Florida state. Let's talk about coach Hamilton. Like he's, and then Conzo Martin from Missouri, like, just being able to learn from those coaches and like I got also put in Gina Oyama from UConn women's side and like being able to learn from those coaches has been a true blessing to me and like being able to learn from go the game like from other managers and like from rising coaches like a lot of coaches like when I was on with Caleb Cooper last week like I learned a lot like and like he's someone who brings in those type of people in like I just learned so much about the game like even more during this pandemic and thank you Marty for taking the time to come on and same with you Sultan and we're going to wrap up with this final question for you Sultan specifically can you give us one takeaway that college scouts should know about you well basically I'm a lovable boy I'm obviously from a well-brought family and obviously I'm from a well-brought family um these colleges know that I'm disciplined. I come from a strict mom and I have a good background. So I was just saying that anything the coach needs me to do, I'm there for it. And I can, I'm, I'm always the best guy on and off the court, no matter what it is and who's up against me. So yeah, that's the take. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, thank, thank you so much for coming on this podcast, taking your time out of your day. And like, thank you to whoever's watching this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to watch the podcast and have a great day.